Wake up and smell the calamity! It's Manson Mitchell on the weekend with Gary Manson's Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Happy Saturday. Happy weekend to you, everyone. I'm Gary Manson. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together, we are Manson Mitchell in your ears for the hour of a Saturday. And we're happy once again to be working with Nathan Miller. Tall guy, Nathan, how are you doing today, sir? Good morning, Gary and Suzanne. Just a little bit toasty. We're having our first heat wave of summer 2022 here in Seattle. And what will the temperature get up to? Uh, probably touching 90 in some areas. In the Seattle area, maybe a little bit cooler because of that Puget Sound ocean breeze. Probably seeing them around the mid-80s, 85, 86. But if you're going more inland, expect it to get a bit warmer. Well, very good. You could actually be a little bit warmer in Washington than we are in Florida. How about that? Isn't it weird over here? Yeah, we're scheduled to be 88 today and cloudy. So, yeah, it, that'd be pretty funny to think Washington State is, is going to be warmer than Florida today. Well, let's just go ahead and send you some snow, and then we can really make things weird. Yeah, we could. We could. And uh, speaking of making things weird, we were ready to say goodbye to the Tampa Bay Lightning as they gave up the Stanley Cup to <laughs> the Colorado Avalanche. Mm-hmm. But they were 3-1, the to one, right, they, going into yeah, yesterday's the, game? Yes, and the, and apparently the Lightning did not get that memo, so oh. they won tonight. Yeah, I, I mean we've seen some upsets in the past, you know, in NBA basketball. I can't remember what team it was, but they came back from. I think it might have been involving Cleveland because in the same year, Cleveland, what was at the time the Indians and is now the Guardians, they gave up a three-one lead to the Cubs, and then uh, later the basketball team, the Cleveland basketball team i don't know their name came back from three to one and won their championship so you know we could possibly see something like this happen with the tampa bay lightning we could we're not counting on it i mean they'd have to win four in a row there's always a chance there's always a chance that's right they're not ready to give up the stanley cup ghost just yet so just yet we'll see what happens Uh, i wouldn't have given you a plug nickel for their chances last night but they won on the road and uh, now they get to come back home. Uh, you know, I just, I like to maintain a healthy skepticism so that I don't sink into a trough of depression when my local teams lose. Well, you know what? I'm not married to the local teams. I just like a good game. And last night was a good game. They've, they've all been good games in the Stanley Cup. And the Colorado Avalanche have been uh, wonderful competitors. They are yeah. fast. They're they're very good at what it is that they do. Both teams are. And so, you know, I like a good game. I'm not going to cry if they lose. Okay, boo-hoo. But, you know, I want to see a good hockey game. And it and the hockey has been very good this year. Yes, they have. There was that 7 to nothing pasting the other night, but that's it. we'll let that go. <laughs> hey, the Bolts are still in it. So that tells you something right there. There's only well, one today- game that matters, and that's the last one. That's for sure. That is for sure. That's true. So anyway, good to be working with you again, as always. Good to see you, Nathan. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking with someone who hasn't been on the show in quite a while. A few years. She made contact and we thought, okay, let's go ahead and do this again. Stephanie Ann Stevens. I I saw this in an article from a Tucson periodical and it just seemed well suited to our purpose today. So I thought I would go ahead and 
co-opted a little bit here. Stephanie Ann Stevens refers to herself as a spiritual visionary. In other words, she claims to be able to contact spirits, both of the living and the dead. That's an interesting distinction, Suzanne. We're going to want to get into that a little bit. It bears some explanation. Yes. Yep, we are. Contacting spirits, both of the living and the dead. The North Carolina native who has lived in Tucson since 1988 offers individual readings and seminars. Influenced by the work of famous psychic Edgar Casey, a connection to be explored, she claims she, quote, was just born this way, unquote. And that sort of thing has been said about Mr. Casey himself. And also, uh, Stephanie uh, maintains that she's been doing work as a clairvoyant since the age of 21. She's also worked as a Christian contemporary singer, and I immediately think of culture clash when something like that happens. All of this is just there's a whole conversation to be mined here today, Suzanne. Occasionally, Stephanie Ann Stevens even makes predictions about any number of things, perhaps the state of the world, what's going on, issues showing up, anything happening lately that might uh, can't think of anything might cause a stir. Yeah. Yes, this is going to be a fascinating hour, and we look forward to speaking after years now with Stephanie Ann Stevens. Stephanie, welcome back to Manson Mitchell. It's been too long. Thank you so much, Gary and Suzanne. It, it has—I think it's been like five years—and I'm glad to be back here. Thank you so much. And I, yeah, that article that must be like from 19 or I'm sorry, 19 to, uh, 2005 or something. Um, that you found because I have <laughs> that that you just read from. So, but thank you for having me. <laughs> well, that reminds me of the first question I wanted to ask you today, Stephanie, because it has been a while since you've been on our show. Yeah. Uh, what, what we have found out from uh, various people that we've interviewed is that their lives take a certain trajectory, especially uh-huh. in the area of what they're learning, what their education is in their chosen field. So since we talked to you last, what what is it that has been interesting you that you have looked into and perhaps, um, you know, gotten better at? Uh, that's an interesting question, Suzanne. I um, actually have, it's, you know, what's been going on on the world stage. And so I've delved more into, shall we just say, the higher realms and making contact with people. Uh, coming back with some kind of uh, affirmation from saints and that kind of thing, and and also those who have gone on before us, John F. Kennedy and that kind of thing. So definitely stretching the limits of um, beyond this universe, beyond this third dimension, and going into the fourth and making what I know is viable contact um, more uh I say more prophe- prophecy type type of situation, um, and also this uh, frequency that I'm able to send out of my body or whatever um, definitely has increased with its power and authenticity. So if that's just a very it's a very interesting thing. So since I've talked to you, I guess you could just say that from my willingness or maybe on my involvement, I've been able to extend my abilities and, and it's a good thing to do that too because um if you look at you know what's going on in our world today it's it's very important to be able to tap into your abilities and and, uh, and know what's going on so that too 
Edgar Casey was known as the sleeping prophet because uh-huh. he wasn't really aware of what it is that he was channeling. He uh-huh. would go into such a deep trance that uh-huh. the notes were taken for him in what it was that he was saying and how it was that he was advising people. But when he woke up, when he came out of his trance, he really couldn't tell you what it was that he saw while he was in trance. When you're, when you're channeling this information, are you doing it in the same style as Edgar Casey in your sleep? You're similar, Suzanne. Uh, it's interesting because I get a lot of information in my sleep. Um, a lot of uh, people that have passed on, loved ones, uh, those and even living ones, and I get this information. I do write it down so I can retain it and then hand it to the client. Like, okay, you know, you're, you're, this came to me and then they're like, oh yeah, that was my grandfather or my, or my, my husband or something to that effect. And, um, so I think that there's a lot of, and also I want to mention too, um, something astonishing here. Some client of mine, uh, contacted me, goes here, I'm going to pay you, pay you $75. You saved my life. And I'm like, what? He said, well, I was about ready to kill myself. I was about ready to die. And your spirit showed up and said this and this and this to me or something. And you sent healing or I'm like, I was sleeping. You guys, I was asleep. I was asleep. (laughs) So my spirit does get sent out. What I want to know is how did this guy fix the price of $75 for all that? I don't know, Gary. I don't know. I mean, he can't come up with a crummy $100 bill. It saved his life. <laughs> I know. He could have just, I don't know. It was just what he could do at the time or something. But my spirit does get sent out because I, I people tell me, I saw you here. I saw you here. I was. I saw you in my dream. So either I'm so, doing it or, or, you know, God's doing it or whatever, or the powers well, that be are doing it. <laughs> We've talked to people who have had out-of-body experiences Uh where, you know, they're aware that in a very relaxed state that they, Uh their spirits have left their body. Uh So, um, you know, in, in, in just trying to get more of a sense of what it is that, uh, how it is that you're working um, you, you said that you were sleeping like Edgar Casey, but at the same time you were able to write down what what you what you uh-huh. heard or or what you saw, and and I'm I don't know that he was able to do that. What, what, no, did he, he wasn't necessarily able to do that. Um, okay, I, I do I do receive a lot of information in my sleep before I see a client. I am. I just have dreams about them. And so I definitely have what I call dream dream visitations. Also, I'm able to, um, I've been able to sleep on something, which is what he was able to do, and uh, be able to retain that information if it's like a medical type thing. Well, you know, we've talked to uh, dream experts before. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, several of them, including, um, you know, Kelly Sullivan Walden. And she often talks about how we're moving about in other dimensions in our dream world. So I'm guessing that's the kind of thing that you're talking about where in your dreams, 
you're receiving information and apparently in the dream state, your spirit is able to move into these other dimensions where you get this information. Does that make sense Um, with what you're talking about? Yes, it does. That's very astute, um, concise there, Suzanne. Um, I think what I call dream tracking or spirit walking, which means that I'm able to send my spirit where it needs to go through remote viewing and also through what I call touch, which is hard to explain. But if I were to uh, touch somebody's body in their, in spirit, I would be able to actually feel with my hand what's going on in their body. If that makes any sense Um, or perform some kind of surgery, which has happened as well. Uh, So it's all about healing and that kind of thing. And I think that, in the dream state or whatever, um, I think that what's happening is just tuning into that client. Um, they're sending that, they're sending that to me, basically. But I also think that their spirits, what I call spiritual bilocation, which means spiritually able to uh, be in two places, and that has happened before. That's happened before, where I left this state of dimension where I was. And for just a, a matter of oh seconds or a minute or so, I was able to be with that client in their house. And what did that feel like to you, Gary? It felt like a hol- like I was a hologram showing up. <laughs> if if a person were a hologram, it felt it felt conscious. It felt like I was uh, in a movie with that person face to face, and then I was able, and then I just went back into this dimension. Now my dad told me something. Both my parents meditated, so they're transcendental meditation and raised with what I think, um, um, you know, the yogis had, had, great yogis had yogic powers. Yogananda did. One of the abilities I have to be able to send the Omega is probably a yogic power for all I know. But he told me that I'm... He said, you work with other, other dimensions. He told me this, and he said, you know, send the Om or send the Omega. And he said, and partially levitate. Now, it's all coming from my dad. So I know I definitely work with other dimensions. There's no doubt, there's no doubt about that. We're not just limited to this 3D, you know. When, when you're working in these other dimensions, mm-hmm. um, Stephanie, uh-huh. does, it, does it ever... Um, take you by surprise or, um, you know, like frighten you that you're able to access something that is highly unusual? Well, Suzanne, it it definitely took over 40 years to understand what this sound, they call it sound frequency healing, uh, which is a more modern term or whatever. And to understand what was actually going on with it. But when you have people, um, in front of you and you're, you're sending this to them and it could be chi as well. Um, and, uh, since I've, I've talked to you guys, I've actually become a, almost a second degree black belt. So that's controlling chi as well. <laughs> but, um, as far as, um, being able, to, as far as like being able to project into another dimension, it can be a little bit intimidating because I often, you know, there are those in the lower astral realm that don't like it. They don't like it. And um, had to use that, shall we say, that frequency to send them away. So, yes, it can be a little dark and frightening of the unknown, especially at night, uh, which is when, you know, between the hours of 2 and 3 in the morning. But uh, for the most part, I feel that there's a 
a great benefit. I know there's a great benefit to it um, because so much is is accomplished. I I definitely feel anyway, even if somebody doesn't you know, totally understand it. <laughs> right. You know, Stephanie, you actually anticipated what my next question was going to be in, okay. in uh, answering that. And okay. that is like, to what end that, uh, you know, what, what is the actual benefit to doing this? Because I know when, when Gary and I talked to various healers uh-huh. and psychics, you know, it, the, the question always arises as to, um, you know, how, why, why do, why have that ability? What can you do with that ability to benefit yourself or others? And so you're, you're stepping into dimensions that are not uh, the usual one. You're able to see things, you're able to hear things, um, that there's a sound frequency healing going on. And then is that healing for a particular person that you're working with or is it for yourself or both or what? That's a very good question, uh, Suzanne. Uh, actually, it's interesting. My uh, friend, uh, who's a wonderful tarot reader, she told me, she goes, send that to your, your heart. Send it to your heart. Another one of my other friends also, another wonderful psychic, she said, send it to your heart. And when I would do something like this, it would actually, it was going to actually help heal one of my friends because we're very connected. So uh, I think that, we're, well, for all, we're all connected anyway. And, and um, I definitely believe that the benefit is not just for a person, but uh, to describe it, actually, my my Catholic sponsor, I said, well, what do you feel when I'm sending this to you? She said, I feel like it's the peace of the Holy Spirit. So this is how she interprets it. Someone else might feel their loved one put their arms around them. They might smell something that their their mother, you know, that is associated with their mother. So it, I think uh, one of my friends in radio actually said that it, he feels that it connects the spiritual dots somehow. And it actually, um, one of the benefits, Suzanne, one of the great benefits was my dad was very angry at one time. And, well, strokes can do that kind of thing. But when we were up in uh, Sedona, and uh, so he was kind of being very edgy. And when I was with uh, Jack before he passed, and so I decided that I would, and this was remarkable, I would send the um, ohm to him, send it to him, and and just remarkably, his entire attitude changed completely. He went from angry and edgy to, oh, I'm sorry, what am I, just complete change, absolute change. So, and the other thing, too, is that as a healing force, and there's no other explanation for this, actually, when Jack was, uh, this is a healing, obviously a physical healing, because when Jack was bitten by a rattlesnake, um, and I used, I was able to see inside the body, so I saw the puncture in there. I also saw a hairline fracture, but... um, I sent, I sent to it. I didn't realize, and I started sending to it. And the only thing, and he could have died from this because it went right into the knee where the venom, you know, was coursing through there. And I, it, obviously his faith too, but I really believe that it, he really believes that it definitely healed, healed it because he didn't even go see a doctor until over a week later. So 
Oh, wow. There's definitely. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yes. Well, that's pretty dramatic, too. <laughs> it is. Stephanie, let, let me stop you right now, because, I mean, sure. I, I don't I don't get to talk to too many people whose spouses have been bitten by rattlesnakes. Or, and this is just this is an amazing thing. A few different Arizona themes I'd like to explore with you while we have the time. Um, your late husband, Jack, what were you doing? Were you just taking a walk around the yard? What was happening that he got bit by a rattlesnake and you, you, the two of you didn't see it coming? It sprang out from behind a rock. What happened there? Oh, and Gary, what happened was that actually Jack was bitten six times by rattlesnakes. And not at the same time, just different times. But at that particular time, we were up on the mountain. He was jumping down from the truck where we had hauled in water from from his uh, daughter's house in Tucson. And uh, he his knee landed on a rattlesnake and it sunk its fangs into him. Now, he came into the house immediately after telling me that he he had uh, hit himself in the knee, that it was a bruise. But I, a bruise doesn't swell like that, not like that. That thing turned all different colors. So that's what was going on, He him jumping down on a rattlesnake uh, from the truck, and it bit him. That is a very unlucky moment. Yes, it is. And that's, and I, and he didn't, it was, and I didn't begin to actually, I thought it was a bruise, but I started sending to it and, uh, immediately, um, and it, and it, and it healed, it healed. It did not kill him. <laughs> when you were, when you were sending him healing, this was in the, the usual modality that you had been working in, or did this have anything to do with the sound frequency healing? It was a sound frequency healing. I started doing, studying it and understanding that there was something greater to this, that uh, it actually had different modalities to it. Uh, plants respond to it. They turn in its direction. I've seen that happen. Uh, its effect on an audience of 80 and six people raising their hands. So at that time, I was, uh, um, I was sending the sound frequency to him. And shortly after that, when his doctor, uh, Jack began to find cancer patients, uh, and, and a number of them were healed of, I'm re- it's reported back to me, healed of terminal cancer or in stages of it. And then I began to work as a remote healer, uh, for the, um, immune recovery wellness center in Tucson. They hired me. So I sent to a racehorse and, <laughs> People. I have to tell people. you why I find this so fascinating. Sure. There, I think there was, to my recollection, and Gary, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there was just one time that uh, Gary and I went to a, a sound healing uh-huh. uh, evening, evening, and it was held in the sanctuary of our church. And we were told to go ahead and spread out and we could even lie down on the pews. If we wanted Mm -hmm. to lie down, bring, bring a blanket, they said, bring a blanket. And so people brought blankets and they lay down in the pews. And then the person who was doing the sound healing was using crystal bowls. Okay. And, and, And so they were doing crystal bowl healing and it, it, because of the number of crystal bowls and the way that this particular person was so adept at using everything, 
the entire sanctuary was filled with the frequencies that you could um, you could feel the sound uh-huh. wave that were bouncing uh-huh. off the walls and off the ceiling and everywhere. And then at one point, he picked up one of the bowls and he came and he he walked over everybody who was there and, and put that sound right over people. Nice. I can tell you, Stephanie, uh-huh. that that I can't recall a particular problem that was solved or something that I was going there for to cure because it was years Uh ago and I don't actually remember that. But Uh what I can remember was this wonderful sound bath with Uh a number of different frequencies because all the bowls were, you know, vibrating at a different rate and to have the different sounds that were enveloping you gave me an entirely new appreciation for for music and for sound using it as healing and so that's why i've been asking you about this sound frequency healing because i really think there's something to it that that i would like to explore a little bit more Oh, yeah, I've uh, sent it to uh, somebody on the phone and their hand, uh, they were at a distance and their handset started shaking. So there's definitely a force, a kinetic force to it. And uh, recently when I went over to investigate this house, these pray for these people and or, you know, see what the activity, paranormal activity was at their house. So I sent the, I sent it to them, sent the Omega, I call it, or the Om or whatever. Several of them reported seeing angels right in their face. The the uh, so I used it also in the house to clear the rooms, and you could see that the rooms expanded and also filled with light. Physically, you could see it. So the angels come in. They this attracts angels. It, I know it does. It's, uh, and there's no doubt about it that it does. And uh, it's a high. It, it's actually a musical note. I've checked it as a musician. It's a high G that's coming out of my body, basically. So when I, I asked Jack about this, I said, why is it I cannot hear when I'm sending this? And he said, because you're instantly in the spiritual realm. You're going from the, well, basically the 3D, I guess, into a spiritual realm. That's why I can't hear you, because it cuts my hearing. It sounds like I'm everybody's muscle. Yeah, yeah, fascinating. <laughs> we need to take a break, Stephanie. So we're all going to go. We're going to just uh, lay low here for a couple of minutes. We've got a couple of commercials to run. We're talking with Stephanie Ann Stevens. When we come back, by the way, just by way of teasing the second half of this interview, I'd like to know more about Stephanie's upbringing, particularly you know early childhood experiences, but also that point of intersection where you and your Christian faith there may have been at odds because, I mean, there is doctrine and then there is experience. And a lot of those experiences that we humans have are unique and do not necessarily answer to a set of theological propositions or church doctrine. And I'd kind of like to take that up with you. Also, Stephanie, I know that you and I, in setting up this interview, talked about how telepathy kind of gets short shrift 
conversationally when it comes to talk radio. And uh, I have an experience that I thought was kind of odd that I would share with you. And I'd love to hear what you have to say about the phenomenon of telepathy. So are you up for all that? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, that sounds good to me. I hope our listeners are as well. We are Manson Mitchell. We are talking with Stephanie Ann Stevens from Tucson, Arizona, points west. And it's uh, it's just fun to get into this stuff to find out what can be discovered about the life unseen. We do get into that once in a while, and we enjoy it. So give us a couple of minutes. You're tuned in to Manson Mitchell right here at AM 1150. We'll be right back. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash manceandmitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world fame, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is ManceAndMitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music, politics, and pop culture. And you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation. Mance and Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington. You found us. Maybe you've been guided to listen. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Manson Mitchell and our guest this hour from Tucson, Arizona, Stephanie Ann Stevens. Stephanie, if people want to learn more about you, about your, your books, your website, uh, how, what's the best place for them to find you and what do you have going on that might interest our listeners? The best place they can find me is at www.ommaster.net, and that's the website. Right now, the books are, they're kind of in a state of sort of on on hold, uh, and but I've got spiritual music coming, probably going to add that to my to my website, and hopefully I'm trying to schedule a seminar here, not probably for 2023. 
is the spiritual music being played by you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And my, what's your I'm instrument? Yes, keyboards and flute. And some of the flute can be played at oh, the same okay. time. Oh, and wonderful. Can, so, yeah, I have definitely been professional. I've been, I've been trying to continue my professional career uh, in as a singer-songwriting musician and get a, um, another album out there and just really stretch my wings, so to speak. <laughs> All right. Well, and again, that's another interest of yours. And it goes along with this sound frequency healing as well, because it does have to do with, with sound and musical notes and the vibration of, uh, of, uh-huh. of that. So very good. Yes. And that would be ommaster.net if people want to find you. Okay. Thank and you. And I'm on YouTube. I'm on YouTube. That's my channel. So it's very simple. <laughs> Okay, very good. I'd like to get into your childhood here, Stephanie. Sure. So why don't you tell me about your problems which you had with your mother and your father? There, tell me when, I mean, you're having experiences about five, six years of age, and you've got all this funky stuff going on in your brain and in your yeah. life experience. Please tell us what those things were like. And did you receive the typical explanation like you know well this is a child with an overactive imagination you know she has imaginary (laughs) friends i mean how did that go for you uh when i was uh, gary when i was four years old five years old my and my parents were i said that they were actively doing holding meditations in our house so they were setting a fertile ground and they also knew these notable spiritual people within the community uh, and uh, I just activated the uh, ohm sitting on my bed at five years old. My mom took note of it. It was startling because what happened before that was what I perceived was uh, certainly had to be angels. They were something like 12 feet high. Uh, they were uh, appeared like a golden orb. There were four or three or four of them, and they were against the wall. It was kind of intimidating because, or overwhelming because I would find myself uh, <clears throat> going along in my mind and finding myself in a totally different dimension, just in total gold light. And so, but having the support of my parents and my mom <clears throat> realizing that she was all excited and said, that's the, oh, you know, so I didn't know exactly what was going on. I know that things were happening where our, my turtle was lost and I, <laughs> I found it, just found it. I started being able to find things and, you know, exer- started to exercise those abilities. And my mom took me to some people that were definitely meditating and definitely, and they just said, she can go right up the spiritual ladder. So here I am. <laughs> and it was, it was, it was strange, Gary. This was not a usual childhood. It was very strange. I couldn't, it was hard to understand, but my parents had a much bigger understanding. I think my mom did. You know what? It, it is good to have parents who are understanding about that. I know this uh-huh. might be a picky point, but I do want to ask you about activating the ohm. Because our our listenership is very sophisticated about this stuff, but not every person. And so for anyone who's not familiar with the terminology of activating the ohm, what is it that is going on at that time? Is that when you felt and saw yourself surrounded by gold or is there something else going on 
that that other people could see? What what was the activating the ohm about? What it, basically it's the same thing that happens today that I've been able to study uh, somehow. Let's just say this is the universal sound of of God. Okay, you know because of Alpha and the Omega and just the, the force of the universe, light, the light of God, the sound of God. And I believe that just sitting on my bed, I was able to just tap into that and suddenly know how to uh, push it out of the body. And, and what happens during the process, I'm doing it right now, but it's a snapping of bones in the ear which can bring different uh, frequencies. I hear different tones as well. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> I also, it enhances. So nobody was able to see these golden orbs but me. I certainly at five would, or four or five would not know how to, to tell my, my mom that. But she being uh, intuitive enough and in tune enough would know what was going on with me. So... It's a process where the bones, the small bones, go off and the sound goes out. <clears throat> and it's at will. I can do it. I'm guessing I can do it all day long. <laughs> well, when well, it comes let's... to my... Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing so, it right now. All right. This is... It seems kind of unique to me. I, I don't have any experiences that I could compare to it. So that's that's me. I, my consideration of this just was like a big void because I don't have a context for any of that. I understand that. I definitely do. <laughs> I have an experience I'd like to share with you, Stephanie. It's sure, something that happened oh about 30 years ago, as a matter of fact. It's and it must have been important because I've retained it all these years with a, a clarity that still baffles me, but it did happen. And I just think, wow, you know, it makes me wonder about the capacity of the human mind. I guess that's what it comes down to. I There was somebody who was important to me for uh, quite a while, a number of years there, and we were out of contact. And so, I mean, we were living in the same city, but uh, this particular lady was elsewhere at the time. There, And I don't even, I couldn't tell you what it is that prompted me to say this to myself and then to communicate it mentally. And now I'm getting into telepathy, okay? Of course. But I sent a thought to a particular individual woman that I had not spoken with in a while. And I was curious about what she was up to. I just I wanted to make contact. Uh And so I sent the thought, give me a call. And it's important for me to tell you that when I said it, it wasn't like, give me a call or like, <laughs> give me a call there. It was just this almost like a floating thought. Give me uh-huh. a call, you know, like almost like extending an invitation. Give me a uh-huh. call. We hadn't spoken in a while. And I was curious, as I say, I had that thought one afternoon and the next morning, first phone call of my business day was from this particular lady. That's awesome. Called up and she said, I just thought I would call and and check in, see what's going on, anything like that. And the the tenor of her voice, there was a certain tentativeness to it that indicated to me that she didn't really know why she was calling. (laughs) 
you know, it wasn't like a stated purpose other than I just thought I would, you know, check in, see what's going on. What not? It was it was hazy enough that it seemed like she wasn't sure why she picked up the phone, mm-hmm. but she did there. And I thought, now this is following an afternoon yeah. intentional thought that I had sent in her direction purposely. I did it there with the, the idea that we might reconnect, and we did. That in and of itself, I mean, the content of the call wasn't much of anything, but the fact that it happened and it followed the thought, which became a deed. Telepathy might explain it. Other people would say it's simply a coincidence after a long period of time. For all I know, they're right. What do you think about an experience like that? And have you had such an experience yourself? Oh, yeah. it's uh, Gary. That's that's really. You notice, you know, when you say floating, it was a floating kind of a thought. That means it's etheric, and so that goes out into that universal mind. Okay, so basically, uh, she picked up on it. Which not that she was bewildered calling you, but kind of like, wow, hmm, you know, I got this call from you. And uh, in the book, uh, it's, well, for me, tel- telepathy happened with this guy. And sometimes telepathy can be used in a not so good of way. Uh, experienced some guy in high school. He sent me some thoughts. I'm going to be there. I'll be there at this time. I will tell you that those thoughts were invasive, invasive. So uh, it came with such force. It, it was such a force. Now, you notice that's not a floating thing. That's like intent, intent from him. So that was invasive, and I experienced it. And when you sent that floating thought out there, you weren't doing it. In, you were doing it in a just almost a, a melodious and harmonious way, and the universe picked up on it, and she picked up on it and heard you and felt it. And uh, I was locked out of uh, the place where I was doing readings, and literally I sent to the uh, one of the, the people that ran the store, and literally, <laughs> please unlock the door. We're locked out. I'm locked out with such force. She showed up. She said, I heard you. <laughs> she said, I heard you. And, and this was only probably an hour, two hours later, and she, she said, I, hey, I heard you. I heard you. Now that's see that's interesting, and my friends oh, started more than a little. Yes, I yes. would say yes. Very interesting. Mm. It is, and I think the, the thing of it is, is that when you're sending to a person, you, it's how the it's how the the intent behind it. So, uh, if somebody's trying to reach out and contact someone they haven't heard from and they're mad at them, the intent's going to be there, and. Telepathy is also a form of sending what they call a thought form, a thought form. Um, so our thoughts are become almost active and, and living, as it were. <laughs> well, that, that goes back to this idea, and it goes back 100 years, the notion that thoughts are things. It's a popular phrase, particularly in a philosophical movement <clears throat> called New Thought, that there right. is a creative dimension to our thoughts that actually makes them at least feel or apparently seem to be things that you can manipulate, which is dangerous because I don't seek to be manipulative and I sure don't want to be coercive. But if thoughts are things that tells me that thought itself or a certain kind of thought is innately creative, and that's powerful. Yes, it is. I think so. In the book, Autobiography of a Yogi, uh, Paramahansa Yogananda, his guru 
sent him a telepathic message. I'm, I'm going to be running late. Don't look for me at nine o'clock. And he was in this hermitage and he told the other disciples, okay, master is not coming until nine o'clock. And of course they laughed at him, but sure enough, he said, no, I'm going to, I'm, it was an urgent message. I'm, I'm going to go there. And he, he came there at the time that his guru said to be there. And sure enough, he was there. So he, he, picked up on it. He picked up on it. Immediately he picked up on a great yogi like that. So I think that all of us too, we're sending to people, we don't realize it, but we're sending as people are senders and receivers and we're sending without realizing it. So it's a good thing to keep the thoughts kind of curved in, so to speak. Uh, Keep them harmonious in that way. And I do have, I do have something I wanted to tell you. I forgot to mention something that has to do with teleportation. <laughs> okay. If we had time, uh, this has to do with dimension, dimensional things. But I was at my karate studio, and my phone was in my hand. And I usually record my my teacher doing the techniques. And she saw me holding my phone in my hand, and I put it back into my purse, and I put it back where we dress. And she then she said, okay, come and record me. And I couldn't find my phone anywhere, nowhere, no, nowhere in the car, on the trunk, in the, in the glove compartment, my, my purse, anywhere. My phone was gone. I had it in my hand. <laughs> and uh, so I, I was going to go buy another one. And I just had this inner voice that said, no, go home. Just go home. And my phone, when I got home, my phone was on my bed. Huh. And my karate teacher and I both believe somehow that got crossed through time dimensions. It had to have because it was in my hand. It's on my bed when I get home. So you guys had asked me if there was anything I had stretched or, you know, learned in the last five years. Yeah, I, I, teleportation, obvious, something like that. <laughs> That's, uh, I've heard in uh, the lore of mediumship of the paranormal generally, but more specifically in terms of relationships between people. Let's say, for example, um, something in a family heirloom, for example. Nobody can find it. Okay, Uh I've heard these stories. I can't verify them. I mean, these are stories we're talking about here. But there are stories of people who will look for something, could be some money, a special coin, an heirloom, Mm -hmm. and it turns up in a way that if you were standing right there and missed (laughs) seeing it, it would be difficult to explain because you're looking high and low and not finding it, but it's on your mind. And then a day or two later, it shows up and it's referred to commonly as an apport there with this item. yes. Yes. I've never been able to get my mind around that one. That just seems like Twilight Zone stuff to me. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> no, but it was just a very fascinating experience. I, I, my mind was blown. <laughs> Whose mind wouldn't be blown? You know? So I didn't have to go buy another phone. Uh, I've also had situations where, let's just say the powers that be did not want me to have something in my apartment and they took it out of my apartment. Somebody handed me a, um, some, a, some currency one time and it was in a, um, a computer thing where you put your computer in it and it was gone. <laughs> it just disappeared. Mm. And I said, eh, 
I'm not supposed to have this. So, no, not, they took it out. Uh, I think Jack plays a pretty active role as a spirit guide or something like that. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think uh, get back to this telepathy thing, it's a, it, it, you have to use it with uh, discretion, I think, definitely. Discretion and also be respectful yeah. of other people because when you're communicating in yeah. words that anybody can hear, it's important to be respectful, to be coherent. And yeah. yet we can send thoughts and they pick up on it and it, it leads to a kind of verification, even though all of this is open to various interpretations. It's oh, just sure. this idea of, of vibration and frequency and being attuned, being in alignment with another person so that a moment yeah. like that can even happen. Absolutely. And you were totally, I think you were totally in alignment with that woman. No doubt about it. <laughs> well, do, do, spirits, do spirits hear our thoughts in such a way that it makes a difference for them on the other side? And I, the reason I'm asking is that, you know, we've all had good and bad experiences with, say, our parents. Uh-huh. And then our parents, um, they, they pass on, they go into another dimension. Uh-huh. And sometimes you're remembering something that was really loving and really good that happened with them. And sometimes you're recalling something that was not good, very dysfunctional in your family. Do they pick up both the negative and the positive that we are feeling and experiencing? Do they pick that up on the other side? I think so. They definitely do. Suzanne, I I believe they do because uh, I can tell you uh, that not that long ago, I heard my dad's voice trying to get my attention when I was in a state of feeling distressful about Ukraine. So yeah, I would definitely feel that he heard me and that they can hear you. Uh, they say, you know, hearing is the last thing to go on this plane. Why is it not that we have expanded hearing on that plane? And depending on what lessons they have uh, acclimated as they go through the process of being on the other side and being in, in that particular dimension. So I, yes, I definitely feel they, they hear us. And I, I've had for myself as a medium, a uh, spiritual medium, I've had responses where they actually come over my own thought process and answer me. They just answer. I can't, I, it's almost like, you know, somebody interrupting you. So Yes. I definitely feel that. If we're feeling a particular way, we might be feeling very happy about Uh something, uh, uh, you know, a a childhood memory, or Uh we might feel very upset or frustrated about a childhood memory. Do they get that feeling as well as the thought? Do they get our our feelings? They definitely get our feelings because of what's being projected from us outwardly and in from our spirit, our own spirit. So our own spirit is connecting with them spiritually and depending again on their development uh, and their ability to um, access uh, that they can feel, they can, they can feel. And I say that only because of having communication with so many uh 
and just being able to rely on that. But yes, I do. I do feel they can can feel what we're feeling. Okay. Well, that that is interesting because I know, you know, I have a lot of uh, very positive feelings about my mother and my father that have um, transcended anything that was negative. I can now look at the two of them and feel very loving toward them. That's awesome. I I feel a little bit less loving toward my mother's second husband and my my father's second wife. And, and And I say to myself, now, are they getting... The, the fact that I don't I don't like them so much. <laughs> uh, it, I, I think they probably I would say so. But again, based on the communication I've had and, and uh, you, you, your own if you're feeling what you're feeling and it's almost uh, this is when this forgiveness things thing comes in um, and people being able to um, reach out and apologize for things. Again, it depends on their shall we say, their development, their life review, how far they've gone in the stages of where they are. It's almost like graduating and all that. But I think um, I would I would definitely say that. Now, there are some that are definitely that have take their personalities with them, uh, take their problems with them, and they sometimes are just angry and they communicate that back. And uh, sometimes it just takes um, forgiveness here with that vibration of forgiveness to to kind of penetrate into that psyche of that person's spirit. Well, thank you for explaining that. That That's very, very helpful and very useful. Stephanie oh, Ann Stevens, that. thank you, my dear. We've run out of time. We're delighted to talk with you again. I wish you the best with the, your, your further studies in all aspects of life. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Gary and Suzanne, for having me on. It's been a great honor. I wish you the best as well. Thank you. Thank you. And join us next Friday at 10 o'clock Pacific. Enjoy your weekend, everyone.